Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the podcast. Um, this is quite a, a thrown together podcast, to be honest, but I think it is just a kind of as vital as any of the other podcasts that I've made. I say vital. You're not gonna you're gonna die if you don't listen to it. You're not gonna um, your life's not gonna fall apart. But this is something that I reckon is going to be pretty helpful, and I'm going to go through a few steps to make waking up in the morning easier. Um, right now, at this time of the year, it is very much hard harder to get up in the morning. Uh, it's darker, it's colder, it's much less appealing to get out of your bed. Um, I mean, much less appealing in comparison to what it's like in summer. You know, when the sun's coming through the window, and it's already a nice day, and you just generally have a little bit more of an upbeat feeling about getting up in the morning. I certainly find that anyway, and I know the majority of people find that, especially in the UK, because it's dark, it's dull, it's rainy, and what a fitting day to kind of speak about this when it is absolutely chucking it down outside. Now, pre-warning ahead with this podcast, there is a, a needy sausage dog standing outside the door of the office, and I feel like he will probably bark at something very soon, um, or he may, might start weakening. So if you hear me running away, um, or you hear me coming off of the, the podcast and starting again, that'll be what that is. Um, hopefully he's um, hopefully he's a good boy for the duration. She would only be about 20, 30 minutes for this podcast. So the, the thing that I want to make clear as well is that this can almost, I feel a little bit uncomfortable sometimes saying some of this stuff because I know it can almost be taken in the wrong way. And some people will just like brush it off and they'll be like, well, Ryan, why the fuck? This is not going to fucking help me. I've got two kids that keep me up all night. I've got 12 dogs that bark and get me up at four in the morning. I've got a budgie that calls me a bastard every morning that I wake up and throws coffee in my eyes. Um, I just, this is not going to help me. And look, that might be true. And I'm not really sure what that, what that last point meant about the budgie, but you kind of get the drift. Um, for some people, this can almost seem like a little bit patronizing because it's like, well, that's that stuff's not going to help me because my sleep's already shocking. I'm stressed out to the max. I don't get good sleep anyway. I've got insomnia um, and I generally just have real trouble getting up in the morning, every single morning, regardless. And it can come down to other kind of things in your life. You may really hate your job. You may really be kind of hating where you are in life right now. And I want to just make it clear that I'm not preaching to people. I am only giving you this advice if you want to take it in. Um, because these four things, probably more than four actually, are all things that I've used with clients. They're all things that I've recommended for people, even with kids, and I've recommended to several people before. And it has been a benefit to pretty much 99.9% of people. Um, people always kind of benefit from doing these things, regardless of who they are. So take in what you will. So first step, first thing that I would be doing to make getting up in the morning easier at this time of year would be, and maybe it's not the first thing, maybe it's not your priority, but this is one thing that I've done. And I did it last year for the first time and it was massively helpful. And it's buying a Lumi lamp. It doesn't have to be the actual branded Lumi lamp, but essentially these lamps are almost like, they create almost like artificial sun, an artificial sunrise. So set your alarm for 7 a.m. At 6.30 a.m., the, the lamp is going to gradually get brighter and brighter and brighter and brighter and brighter until your room is pretty much lit up in such a way that it's almost like the sun coming through your window. Now, 
Why does that help you get up? One, because it's not the instant shock of an alarm going off, which again, I know some people like that, but some people really, really hate the sound of their alarm. So being able to naturally wake up is actually of benefit. Why is it of benefit? Well, because there, there's such a thing as an optic nerve. So there's a nerve, there's a kind of like a sensor within your eyeball and um, within your actual eyesight. And when you take in light, even with your eye closed, you can still take in a certain amount of light with your eye closed. Like you will feel that brightness on your eye and that triggers the optic nerve, which in turn, which in turn triggers the release of cortisol. Now cortisol is linked to being like this bad thing. It's the, if we've got high cortisol, we're highly stressed. However, cortisol in the right amounts and in the morning is something that we almost need. If we had no cortisol, we would just lie in our bed and we would not move. There would be no motivation for us to get up. Cortisol is like, it's a stress hormone. So the stress is almost like excreted into your body. The cortisol is excreted into your bloodstream and it tells us, okay, we need this little bit of stress because we've got to get up. So you could understand that if it's pitch black, you almost rely on yourself to get you up. You um, you don't necessarily have that that trigger from that hormone to get you up. Trying to wake up in a pitch black room is really hard and everyone knows this, but a lot of us will do this all year round. Um, really good for getting to sleep, but waking up, not so good. So Lumi Lamp, you're gonna be spending anywhere from like 50 to 150 pounds, depending on how fancy you want it. You can probably even get it on a cheaper deal. I think I've seen them as cheap as 40 quid before. It's a small investment that will make getting up in the morning so much easier. Um, I would recommend it massively. The second thing, and possibly one of the most important things, like I know we all like caffeine, we like a coffee, we like a monster, we like a Red Bull, um, because why do we why do we want this? Because one, we get into the habit of drinking these drinks, drinking coffee. Coffee is such a habitual thing. It's such a thing that's deep ingrained in our culture. Having a coffee while you're at work to keep you going is just what you do. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like caffeine is very much a positive stimulant if used in the right way. But we have to remember that caffeine has a half-life of six hours. So when we say a half-life, that essentially means that half of it is left in your bloodstream still after six hours. And it can take up to 10 hours for it to completely leave the bloodstream. So think about when you have your last coffee during the day. If you have your last coffee at 5 p.m., you've still got half of that caffeine in your body by the time you're probably trying to go to sleep. If you have that coffee at 5 p.m., you've still got caffeine going through your bloodstream 10 hours later in the middle of the night when you're trying to sleep. So why is that not of benefit to you? Well, you know what caffeine does. Caffeine keeps you awake and caffeine keeps you alert, keeps your brain firing. Um, some people will also say, I don't feel caffeine. I can still get to sleep. It's okay. This may be true and it doesn't affect everyone in the same way. However, it will disrupt slow wave sleep. So NREM sleep, essentially, well, NREM sleep, aka stages three and four of sleep. So these are essentially the most important stages of sleep. Well, they're all important, but they're possibly the most important stage of sleep when it comes to restoring brain function and just general cognitive recovery. So if you've had a really stressful day when you've done a lot of thinking, you've kind of burn out your mental bandwidth, then you need to restore that brain function. But imagine, kind of just picture the scene, picture the individual that is stressed out to the max. They've got so much work to do. 
fuck, I've got to stay up till about 10, 11 o'clock. I've got to get this, this coffee down me. I've got to get this monster down me to keep me going, to keep me alert. That may well help you in the short term of that night to get that work done. But what you're basically doing is you're just, you're not going to be getting that restorative sleep through the night and you're not going to get that feeling in the morning of being ready to go and, and being really alert. So what do you do? It's like a vicious cycle. You have another coffee, then you have another coffee. And this is why stressed out um, business, businessmen, stressed out business owners, business women, whatever you want to, whatever you want to say, just stressed out people in general that are caffeinated out their tits they kind of get into this vicious cycle of just needing to caffeinate even more and more and more. And again, I'll go to the grave saying this, but I see these people all the time, five, six coffees a day, all the way up until about mid afternoon. And then they're having the monster in the gym at about 7 PM because they're absolutely fucking knackered. They wake up the next morning, rinse and repeat. So there is a massive, massive argument. And I'm going to say this is back to the hills by all the evidence that reducing your caffeine and creating a cutoff time for your caffeine is going to be a massive benefit to you for mental clarity, mental alertness, cognitive function, the way that your brain works and the way that you can focus, general stress. Um, there is, as I said to you, in the morning, cortisol wakes us up. So there is a period of time during the morning, and again, it's probably quite a short window. If you caffeinate in that window, um, you're almost like increase cortisol and again you've heard me speak about adenosine before is that something i want to go deeper into i suppose it is as well um again there if you were kind of following all the rules of the the caffeine cutoff you'd possibly not want to be drinking caffeine till anywhere after like for me it's one or two like i won't drink a, ca a caffeine i won't drink a coffee or i won't have any caffeine um after one or two um, and then that has me kind of feeling a lot better than previous years where I would have just drunk coffee indefinitely throughout the day. Um, so I cut off at about one or two. A second kind of little rule that I have in place is I try to wait at least 90 minutes is the recommendation, but at least an hour after I wake up to drink my first coffee. Why do I do that? If you've not heard me speak about this before, it's because of the role that adenosine plays in the body. So adenosine essentially is this, is this kind of thing in the body this hormone in the body that allows us to begin our natural sleep wake cycle so adenosine um, basically flows through the body attaches to adenosine receptors this is essentially our body's way of telling us that okay we have woken up we are going to be awake for what i think could be the next say for example you usually wake up at seven and you usually go to sleep at 10 so we are going to be awake for the next 13 hours, for example, and um, our body has a nice little way of kind of understanding that. So what basically happens is if we then chuck caffeine in, in the first hours of the day, the first hour, first 90 minutes of the day, basically the first thing we do is adenosine does not get to attach to, to adenosine receptors. Caffeine attaches to adenosine receptors because caffeine is very, very similar to adenosine. So we basically block out that adenosine and um, again, when we are looking to create mental sharpness and men mental alertness, attaching caffeine to these adenosine receptors is good because adenosine is essentially like a gradual process throughout the day that makes us sleepier and sleepier and sleepier until we are ready to go to sleep. If we did not have this in our body, we would stay, we would just stay awake. We would pretty much just stay awake. So what tends to happen is then adenosine is just floating around waiting because caffeine is attached to the receptors. Adenosine then connects 
typically like later on in the afternoon, you know, that afternoon slump because it all comes pouring in at one time when caffeine begins to excrete and leave the body, adenosine comes all tearing in at one time. And this is where we get this like afternoon slump and tiredness around about two, three, 4 PM. Um, and we're just like, Oh God, I can't get going again. You know what we usually do at that point, we have another coffee to keep us going. So it's all connected. It's all connected in terms of when you look at this in itself, like you would almost kind of want to, if you were thinking optimally about caffeine, maybe a coffee 90 minutes after you wake and then your next coffee, you would possibly maybe want to have just around dinner time, just to kind of perk you up. Maybe after, can you know, when you eat food at dinner time, you kind of have like a little bit of a slump and you kind of want to rest and digest. A coffee at that point may be a good idea to get you going again. Again, if you work shifts, then there's a whole other kind of argument to this. And I'm sure you'll be needing caffeine in different sort of um, shapes and forms and different ways to keep you going. So that would be the kind of advice I would have for you around about caffeine. Um, is it important? Yeah, it's important. It's it's one thing that I've started doing lately in it. I'm not going to say it's changed everything for me, but it's been of massive benefit. Um, the third thing is blue light and brain stimulation later at night. So if I'm wanting to get up early in the morning, then again, this is, this, this is all related. And it's all related to the way that our brain works and the hormones inside our body work to help us get to sleep and to help, help us wake up. So as I talked about at the very start, I'm going to take a breath for a second. I'm speaking pretty quickly. I'm not going to lie. You might need this on 0.75. And um, so yeah, blue light and brain stimulation, the way, the same way that kind of the loomy light works in the morning, it gets light into our eyes. That means it, that the optic nerve sends a trigger, cortisol builds up. So later at night, we almost want the opposite to happen. We want the room to be dark. We want the room to be nice and cool. We want our brain to be kind of not necessarily overly stimulated with quick sources of dopamine, aka TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. There's a reason that Twitter and Facebook are blue because blue stimulates our brain. Um, in such a way that it keeps us awake. So we want to keep scrolling. Um, so what do we want to try and do? We want to try and allow melatonin to take its natural process. So melatonin is essentially taking the opposite function of cortisol. So melatonin helps us get to sleep. So we begin to excrete melatonin into the bloodstream. This is what makes us sleepier. So here's a surefire way to stop that happening having a bright screen right in your eyeballs, having Netflix on until 1am, that's going to keep your body thinking it's it's time to stay awake because your body cannot decipher between TikTok with a bright light in its face and the sun. It still almost thinks like the sun's out in a, in a sense. It's obviously smarter than to know that's the sun, but it thinks we should still be awake because there is light going into our eyes. Our eyes are the main sensor of alertness, awakeness, and tired and and the kind of function of wanting to go to sleep. So, excuse me, so what can we do? A couple of things that are pretty hard to do. One, having a cut off time for your phone. I'm gonna be absolutely honest here. I am almost like preaching what to do, but don't necessarily always do it myself. Half an hour before bedtime, can you turn off Netflix? Can you turn off your phone? Can you put it on sleep mode? Can you listen to a podcast? Can you read a book? I know not everyone likes to do that, so I'm not going to pretend everyone does. Have I ever read a book in my bed? Maybe five times in my whole life. Um, 
I prefer to listen to a podcast of anything, or I prefer just to speak to to Ellie. <laughs> That's also an option. Um, so it's like it typically what you'll find is that if you put that phone away, if you put Netflix off and you make the room dark, your body will begin to decide to go to sleep. And if your body decides to go to sleep and you don't just sit there with your eyes wide open, you probably needed to go to sleep. You probably didn't need to watch that extra video of a little dog skateboarding down the road on um, TikTok. That's how I spent my Saturday night this week. I found this dog on, on, um, on TikTok that skateboarded. He can turn corners. He can like stop the board. It was like a big, massive bulldog as well. I was absolutely fascinated by it. And this is what happens when you go on TikTok late at night. You just get like, you just get pulled in by some random shit like that. Like, yeah, there's some weird shit on TikTok. I'm sure you'll know if you've been on it. It is seriously a weird thing. It's definitely, definitely not conducive with, um, with good sleep. So that would be my idea. Reduce blue light, reduce the stimulation of your brain later on at night. Again, you can relate this to work. If you've got the laptop still out at 11 p.m. and you're stressing yourself out and you've not necessarily got like a cutoff time for work. What the hell was that? Didn't sound good. Um, and you've not got a cutoff time for work, then there's going to be loads of stress in your brain. If you are someone that stresses majorly about what's happening the next day, I would seriously recommend journaling, just writing down what are the main stressors I've got to deal with tomorrow remove that thought from your brain, put it on paper, put it in a planner, put it in a calendar and fix that tomorrow rather than stressing madly over it at night. So the fourth one and what, the fourth one is probably one of the main factors as well. And a guy that I kind of do like a lot of like podcast listening with, well, I listen to a lot of his podcasts and I kind of read a lot of his research is Andrew Huberman. You've probably heard of him, just big, massive guy with a beard who is like a neuro a neuroscientist, um, which essentially just means that he studies the brain and how it works. He says the most important factor of the morning is to get outdoors in sunlight. Can you do that at this time of year? Probably not. Is that going to be optimal for everyone? Probably not. Can I do it outside when I come out of my flat? Where do I go and stand in sunlight? Do I just go and stand outside the odds and look like a weirdo standing in the rain? at half six in the morning, it's going to be dark also. So this is fine if you can do it, but I know not everyone can do it. So basically the advice would be get outdoors, get a little bit of movement. And I would probably do this before I've, before I've eaten. Um, I would you know, kind of go on to the next point after, but I would do it before I've eaten. I would definitely drink water before this as well. Move your body, move your legs, get some sunlight. Even if it's cloudy, even if it's dark, this still has it's the same effect. Um, you would probably think like, how the hell did like cavemen, how did they know what time it was and how did they know what time to go to sleep and what time to wake up? They didn't really need to. Obviously there's historic and um, ways of telling the time and stuff like that. Like it was something that was possible eventually. But Talking billions of years ago, how did they know when to go to sleep and wake up? Well, they were just so in tune with the earth. They were so in tune with the wake and sleep cycle that they went to sleep and they woke up pretty much the same time every day. And you know, you get that feeling. It's like, I went out last night and I was out till like two in the morning, but I still woke up at the same time. And people are dead, like really confused about that. But that's just the way that your circadian rhythm works. It will trigger your body to wake up. And honestly, like if you're ever like, say for example, I don't know, if you've ever got a week off, try and just cancel all your alarms. And if you go to sleep at the same time every night, you will tend to wake up within around about 20 to half, 
20 minutes to half an hour um, of yourself every single day. Little tangent there, but getting outdoors for 10, 15, 20, 30 minutes every single morning, if you can, is going to be one of the main things that's going to help your sleep because it's going to basically trigger your circadian rhythm. All those things I talked about with kind of with cortisol and with melatonin essentially is going to get your hormones in check. It's going to help you. It's going to help your body understand when it's time to wake up and when it's time to go to sleep. And um, again, it helps things like digestion. You get some steps going. Um, and this habit's generally just a good thing to do. Like it makes you feel good going outdoors in the morning. And again, there was a kind of argument that I'd made with someone as well. It wasn't an argument. It was just a point I made. And they just said, I'm just a night owl. I'm just a night owl. I'll just stay up like really late every single night. And I, I questioned them and I basically said, how often do you need to leave the house early in the morning? How often do you get outdoors early in the morning? And they basically said, well, nah, I typically won't leave the house until at least lunchtime every single day. And when I was like, that's why you're probably a night owl. And that's why you think you're probably a night owl. Don't get me wrong. These things are th night owls and early risers or whatever you want to call them are actually things. However, if you're someone that never leaves the house early in the morning and you feel like you can't get to sleep at night, try getting up in the morning and leaving the house and just go for a little walk every single morning. I guarantee you'll be more tired at night because um, your body will be more in tune with when it should be getting up and when it should be going to sleep. Um, because essentially it still thinks it's kind of like in hibernation in the morning. <clears throat> Other things you can do, like really good habits to help you kind of wake up and go to sleep. Drink a glass of water first thing you do when you wake up in the morning. Um, again, electrolytes in the morning are kind of helpful, like a Barocca with that water first thing in the morning. It's just going to generally help your bodily functions um, start moving. Um, is there anything else that I would really think about? Like obviously all those things are are pretty vital. Um, some of the things you maybe don't speak about are like generally like if you're waking up every morning to do something that you really enjoy, if you're waking up in the morning and you've got like a, a buzz to kind of get going, um, that really helps. If you've got some, some sort of purpose, like maybe if you kind of try going to the gym early in the morning, that might be a habit that really helps you get out of bed. It also might work the opposite way as well. Um, so yeah, I would give that kind of stuff a try. But I don't want people to think this is patronizing and I don't want people to think, oh God, I'll never be able to do any of that things. Any of those things, sorry. You would be able to do every single one, um, regardless of, regardless if, if of, I'm messing up my words right now, regardless of your situation, I think you would be able to do every single one of these. Um, but I could obviously respect that it's a little bit harder if you've got kids, if you've got dogs, if you've generally got a job which requires you to be in really, really early, um, or you've got a sausage dog that's just walked into the room. Hopefully he's not going to shit on any of the floors. Hey, what are you saying? And I think that's probably a good little place to, to finish off the to finish off the podcast. Let me know if you've ever thought about implementing any of these things. I would give you the task of trying to implement all four of these things. Try all four of these things and see how you feel waking up in the morning. I could almost guarantee that it will be better.